Oinksters popping up yet again. You want to say some stuff to see if it's... Yeah, oinksters popping up. Oinksters popping up. Hi, you guys. Welcome to a new episode of I'm Shook. I'm Sarah Shook, and I'm here with my friend John Hartman. And we're very shook today about organized religion. Hi, John. Hi, Sarah. Thanks oh. for having me into and, my home. Yeah, thanks for um, having me in your home mm -hmm. talking about this. Of course. Um, before we get started, I'm going to add a little side note. Like I said, John and I recorded this podcast at a much earlier date, and I messed it up. Somehow, when I went to go save it, it did not save, and he is being so gracious, and we're recording it again because it was a really good conversation. So It was. Yeah. But luckily, I we were saying this offline that enough time has passed that I truly don't remember what I said. Yeah, but if we happen to say something like, I remember I said last time, or I'm, I think I said this before, or whatever, that we're just referring to that conversation. That's right. Yeah. And all my views have changed anyway, so. Yeah, I'm completely different now. <laughs> I'm Muslim now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I've converted. Um, no. Tough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, anyways, let's jump in. I think maybe we could start with a little bit of our background. So how did you grow up? You grew up religious, right? I, yes, I did. Okay. I grew up Methodist. Uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia um, in a pretty, I would say, socially conservative, politically almost liberal county. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad was raised Methodist and came from a large uh, Methodist family. Family, like everybody in his family was Methodist. And my mom was Presbyterian, but um, they joined the Methodist church when I was very young. And I went through, they have like confirmation in the Methodist church too. Oh, so I was, do? yeah, I was confirmed. I, I, don't, I don't think it has nearly the level of the Catholic confirmation that you go through, but I remember going to confirmation class like once a week for a while when I was you know, probably 13. Huh. Um, it's, and then doing a little ceremony at the end. Uh, you don't get like a confirmation name like the Catholics do, but it, it was pretty in-depth at least. Yeah. And I was really involved with the church when I was younger. I was in the youth group and did like church orchestra. I remember going on a couple mission trips even nice. to like rural Virginia and building homes and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had a similar kind of upbringing. I was raised Baptist which um, I don't know if it's similar to Methodist or Presbyterian or whatever, but uh, same sort of thing. I did like, and I went to a Christian school as well, so a private Christian school. So I was like inundated with it. Yeah. Um, and, but we, you know, did the hymnals. I went to vacation Bible school. I would go to Sunday school and then I would go to service with my parents and like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I remember going to like young life retreats and stuff like that. Um, and I did youth group in, in high school, and I was on, like, a sketch team in the youth group. Oh, I bet, I bet that was good. Yeah, it was so good. I remember one time we played devils, and I was, like, the head devil, and I, we had to paint our whole face, like, red, and I had this, like, stuff in my hair for one sketch for, like, a youth group night on, like, a Wednesday night. <laughs> wow. Sounds like Groundlings-level commitment <laughs> to wigs and face paint. It almost was. But I remember, like... You had to be in high school to do it, and I auditioned in eighth grade. And my, oh, whoa. Yeah, my friend was like, just do it. Like, she was a year older than me. Just do it. We should do it together. You'll probably get in. And I did, but, like, the, the woman who was in charge of the, the sketch team was also the high school uh, drama teacher. And she called my mom and was like, can Sarah please be in this? She's so great. And, like, and I was just like, oh, I have to. Oh, my God, this is amazing. What a calling. And, like, yeah, you're getting scouted so early. <laughs> Yeah, but I just wanted to do it because I'm like, I want to like do comedy and like act and like do stuff. And I guess I was like, and my parents will be proud because it's Christian. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So you were raised that way. And now where would you say you're at religion-wise? Um, if I guess it would be not applicable on a, on a <laughs> standardized test. I'm yeah. not religious at all. Uh, and in fact, I would say, I don't really like the term atheist, but it's closest to what I would say because, mm -hmm. um, agnostic is kind of like 
I feel like you haven't made up your mind. Um, there was a term I heard one point that I would never just go around calling myself, but I think does define it well, which is secular humanist. Okay. I always like that, though it sounds a little lofty to call yourself that. Yeah. But in, so I probably wouldn't use it out in mixed company, but I, I would say it now that I like that, um, that I don't believe that there is a God and I don't, uh, adhere to organized religion mm-hmm. and with the god thing though like i don't believe that there's one but i certainly don't know for sure yeah but my kind of thing on that is like but the burden of proof is not on me to figure that out and i i'm assuming there's not but there could be are you kind of like i'm okay with not knowing yeah i mean well if someone knew it'd be great but um, right. but i'm comfortable enough not not knowing because I'm, I feel firm enough in my, in my, the way that I live my life and how I have like, how I adhere to like morals and ethics yeah. that that wouldn't really change knowing whether there was a God or not. Yeah. Do you feel like growing up religious in like an organized religious community that it influenced you morally and like your moral code and what you have or at all or you kind of like no I need to like put that aside and now just shape my viewpoint all on my own it's a I mean it's a it's a good question because I don't know how different I would be if I didn't have that I think it I think the short answer is yes it certainly um influenced me a good amount for morally but the thing is I don't know that I would, like, there's a lot of great rules that are in the Bible. Um, the golden rule, um, and, you know, be, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good things about treating your fellow man or treating the poor, those kinds of things. I don't know that I wouldn't have been able to get to those on my own mm-hmm. is the thing. Like, or that my parents wouldn't have, my parents raised me great, and I think maybe I would have gotten there on my own. Also, those rules aren't original to the Bible. Like the golden rule predates the Bible a lot. And so they have almost less to do with like Christianity to me than like, hey, these are a pretty good set of rules to follow. Yeah, I agree on that thought of like, I guess I would have found my way somehow, like believing and finding a moral code, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I one of my best friends didn't grow up religious, and she's a wonderful person and has yeah. a great moral code. But like, um, I think it gave me, yeah, like a standard for moving forward of like how I should conduct myself. Um, and as I get older, I feel like I'm able to shift that a little bit more. Yeah, because like, I think one thing. I'm, I don't go to church or anything anymore, and I don't really believe in organized religion anymore. But um, one thing it did to me that it almost like enforced this moral code out of fear, and that's one thing that like really deterred me from continuing with that, and why it didn't really speak to me even while I was in it because like I was told to like wait till marriage to have sex. I was told that I have to wear certain types of clothes and talk to people a certain way and that I should be more like meek and as a woman and stuff like that. And now I'm just like, it, I created such fear in me of being, um, you know, a certain way or wanting to be a different way and that I felt like I couldn't be because it would not fit right with like my family or, um, society that I was in yeah yeah well that I mean that is almost my like number one slam on religion is that it's it truly I mean I it's almost objectively gets people in with fear yeah I mean some people might disagree with parts of that but I mean a lot of religion is based on like having a good answer of where you go when you die Mm -hmm. and having a way to get out of you not going to hell and of you getting some of these parts of your life taken care of for you so that you can uh, have like this little comfort about how you go about your life. Yeah, and I think some people who maybe they've lived in, and I'm not like 
you know, judging anyone who's like lived in the same town their whole life. For some people, that's great. And that's what they feel works for them. But maybe it puts like this um, barrier around them of like seeing how things could be different outside of the box that they live in. Yeah. And I think religion does that to us a lot where like it made me feel scared to leave Maryland and go to Chicago or whatever, because it's like, oh, I should believe this and like stick to a regimen of church and like work a nine to five and get married and have kids and take them to church and I should live this way. Um, and I just think it can be suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I definitely had religious guilt for a while, even after I was kind of out of the church, like when I went to college and I wasn't really going to church for the first time and I was out of my hometown and I was also like coming to terms with sexuality and stuff and <clears throat> all these things were still weighing on me yeah. about that because they had instilled that fear for so long. Yeah. And it's always done under the guise, it's it's never like outward of like this or you're or you're going to hell. At least not in the church I went to. And I I know some churches do that. Yeah. But I would say mine would look like pretty moderate on the scale of churches if I went and looked at a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And still, it's just very subversive, like the way that it gets in there, that, that fear. Yeah, it's like almost a subconscious thing that they, they do. Um, like you said, it's not in your face, but it's slowly like plagued into you over like, you know, 10, 20 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing over um, the holidays when we were going to Christmas Eve service and um, the my boyfriend's Catholic and so I'll go to Catholic church with him a lot and he finds it um, like he's still religious and like likes Catholicism and that works for him and I'm not going to judge or blame anybody by still being an organized religion because that's what works for them. And I think you can find your pockets of like, this is what works for me and I don't have to believe this part of it. But um, I think for him, it's like meditative to like go sit in the service and just, you know, you listen to the homily and like recite these verses and different readings and stuff like that. And for some people, like that's what works. For me, it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think I kind of saw that um, being with him and over the holidays a lot. And I'm like, oh, I can see how this really works for some people. It never has for me, though. Was that what you were saying earlier when you said, like, some of your views changed over the holidays? Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is the other thing I want to say. The <laughs> priest said, this just, like, stuck out like a sore thumb. And, of course, it's Christmas. So he's like, we're sinners. And that just, like made my body burn when he said that word. We're born into sin, and the only way out of being a non-sinner is to like accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm just like, no, we're not sinners, we're human beings. And to be told that we're like wrong from the moment that we're born, that's horrible. And it's like, all of us have these experiences and we're just trying to navigate our way through life. But now this like organization is telling us that we're just constantly wrong and we can't rectify it. It's yeah. just like daunting to me. This was in the Catholic Church, right? Yes. Okay, because original sin, God, yeah, big, big for them. <laughs> yeah. They, they love it. It was big in the Baptist Church though too. And yeah. In high school, I transitioned to like a non-denominational Christian church, which was kind of, it's kind of like a mega church now, oh. but they talk about it too. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's just like kind of has like guise of like being cooler or hipper. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm like, or you could just like maybe love yourself <laughs> mm -hmm. and be okay with these flaws. And it's like... The church never taught me that. They never taught me confidence. They never taught me how to like love myself more and to be okay and and to forgive myself for things. But it made me feel like I had to forgive other people. Great, but it it never taught me about me. Yeah, God. And how much do we come up with like this? What my therapist now says like that I've got a pretty bad case of like toxic shame. Yeah. It's just because we're 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 starting at such a detriment, like in a in a way of like digging ourselves out of this little shame pool that we've been like drowning in for so long. Yeah. And you and you have to deal a lot of it on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, 
unless you have like this amazing support circle from an early age when you don't even know how to really talk about your feelings really or talk right. about what you're going through about like I don't know if I agree with this or I you kind of go along with what your parents are saying for a good chunk right but then you're dealing with other stuff that you are purely dealing with in your own head just spinning it like whether you're growing up and you don't know what's going on with your body if you're if you're a girl or you're having sexual thoughts and you don't know what that means yeah right and I and it's almost like um and I think in that regard when you're like going through puberty or whatever I don't know if I ever remember having a conversation with any of my parents about what happened but I remember one time I went to the library and my mom was like okay let's all get a book and um, my brother comes running up like laughing and he hands this book to my mom that's called the period book and he's like oh you should give this to Sarah and, like, <laughs> and my mom goes actually I should <laughs> <laughs> and God bless her I'm sure she was like I don't know how to do this but I think that maybe it's also a religious thing where it's like oh this is such an untouchable thing and I can't they shouldn't know about their bodies because they shouldn't do anything with them until they've met their person or in, in like a marriage or whatever. And I think about it now and I'm like, I can kind of like, great, I wanna have that talk when I have kids and like be like, you, stuff's going on, you should appreciate your body and realize this is happening, but use it properly, like that sort of stuff. And yeah, just another facet of religion that I'm just like, okay, I didn't get that. And I never was told to feel confident or okay about that yeah i i was listening to uh one of my favorite podcasts my dad wrote a porno um <laughs> and they had emma thompson on there and they were talking about they always talk about sex on there with some of their guests who are fans of their, their show and emma thompson was there like with her daughter and they had talked about how early on that they had she, emma thompson was like we're gonna talk so frankly about sex we're gonna give it funny names and like they they did so that it wouldn't have a weird shame or unspeakable thing about it. Yeah. And they talked about it so early on. And they also wanted to dispel the thing, especially for girls, of that like old stereotype of when they start dating and the dad being like, when the guy comes over to take the girl out for the date, he's like really like stern, like, what are you going to do with my daughter? Better have her home soon. Like, yeah. Which for a girl, I hadn't even thought about this till they mentioned it on there. Like, it must make you feel like a freak. Yeah. That also, like, you're this untouchable thing. You shouldn't be having sex. If someone wants to have sex with you, that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes back to religion, too. But that to demystify that, I think, is really important for younger girls. That yeah. they, if they feel, they can feel like a sexual being, and that's okay. And not to be shrouded with guilt about it. Yeah. There was so much packed into that for me. Like, I was just told you should wait until marriage. You shouldn't have sex. You shouldn't do this stuff and present yourself in that way at all. And like, even if I wore like a shirt that was maybe revealing, I feel like I would get a comment about it. Yeah. And like, um, but I just remember remember being in relationships and you know not having that confidence or security in myself and being attracted to guys who were like, cool, I only want to have sex with you, and I wouldn't let them do that because I'm like, I need to respect my body. Yeah. Maybe I got that respect for myself, but I didn't realize that what, that's what it was at the time. I was just told not to do that. And then, but then I carried all this guilt and shame because I felt like I wasn't wanted because that's what those guys wanted. And yeah. I would get, yeah. So it just gets so mixed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird thing. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, this is probably the heaviest conversation I've had yet yeah it, it's a heavy one for me I mean I grew up in this and if like my family at all is listening to this I'm just like oh god <laughs> but because you think they won't accept your view on it now or they'll be surprised by it maybe they'll be surprised I mean I'm still asked you know how's your relationship with God mm -hmm. are you going to church and like when I say no I haven't been going to church just hearing the like disappointment from like my parents or you know family members and it's just like you know well you should yeah and i'm just like no i shouldn't it doesn't work for me so i'd be forcing myself to do something that doesn't feed me and it almost will become a negative thing and resentful and i think that happened when i was younger yeah um so so yeah i think it, it's, it's it's hard for me i feel yeah yeah i mean i i may have said this before but like 
it was easier for me to come out as gay than as atheist to my really? parents. And I, they don't even really know that. Like, I went to Christmas Eve services when I was home. Mm-hmm. My dad sends me clippings about things that are going on. And if there's someone in the church that's not doing well, he's like, I'm sending this to you so you'll pray for them. Because mm-hmm. um, he's, um, he's the prayer chain captain. Okay. Um, so, yeah. He's pretty important over there. Um, and he's still very involved there. Uh, and funnily enough that we're talking about this now again, because since I talked to you last, there's been all this weird stuff going on with the Methodist church huh. and LGBT clergy. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. I saw it because it was on CNN. Huh. So they had, I, it was like in November or December, maybe even January, but they had this international Methodist conference and they had this big vote on, it was in the US, but the Methodists from all over the world were there to vote on whether they should allow LGBT clergy in, at all hmm. into the faith and if they should be allowed to perform gay marriages. And it was, a, it was pretty close, but the vote was no. Wow. And I sent this to my parents. I sent the thing. And again, I'm like, I don't have much to do with the Methodist church right now. But I wanted them to see that because they both go to it. And especially my dad's super involved. And I was like, I don't know if you saw this. And they both wrote back separately to me. And were like, we have, we've been following this story very carefully. And it's really concerning. And they, my dad especially was like really struggling with it. Because it seemed like it was really divided. But the U.S. chapter, most of the U.S. chapters were wanting to allow gay clergy. And it was these specifically ones from like Russia and Africa mm-hmm. who are super conservative that swayed the vote. So they've been having all these other conferences in the US now. My parents have gone to one at our church wow, because it's like concerning a lot of them. And they there was an article in the Washington Post about it. My dad sent me that. It's like the Methodist sect may split in two because they're so divided over this. They may even have another vote. It's long from being over, but they might start their own like religion almost. They don't even know how they would do that. Yeah. But it's becoming this huge crisis. But in a way, it's kind of good. And my parents, I mean, I was really proud. Like, even though they're still a big part of this church, my mom went to this meeting at our church and she was like, and they voted on it at our, my hometown church. And surprise, surprise, they were really split on it in Virginia. But my mom was like, if this is the way it's going, I'm, I'm walking. She goes, this issue affects me personally, and I'm leaving the church. Wow. I couldn't believe it. It really... I'm like getting tingles. I know. <laughs> it, and my dad, too. And my dad's really struggling because he's been a Methodist for his whole life. Yeah. And he really wants to, like, give... He's like, I think they're really trying. And he's like, I want to give them another chance because they're going to vote again. Um, but my mom, who's not, is like, I'll walk. It's no skin off my back. And, but I really was a little heartwarming to see. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know when this will come out. I don't think it'll be even close to being over. If, but it is like an nas- international news story about the Methodists. It's not a huge one, but it's still going on. It's still a huge deal to a lot of people, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I, that's another topic, too, that it just really like rocks me the wrong way. Um, and when I go home, like the last time I was home, I don't, I don't want to say who it was, but a comment was made about um, like uh, gay people. And I remember um, we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. This was in the church or is this just at home? This is at home, but people who are in a part of like the church that I used to okay. go to. And one of them made this comment and they go... Um, uh, well, that must have been his punishment. And I go, what are you talking about? And he go, well, he was gay, so God punished him by giving him AIDS. And I was just, my, I wow. like sunk. And in my body, I wanted to like fight back so much, but there was just this voice that was like, don't even bother because you're not gonna change their mind. And it's just like, I, it, it's is it worth it? But I still was like, you know, I, I said, well, I don't know about that. And I just said, you know, and I just go, I have a lot of friends who are gay. Like, 
they're very important people to me. And they go, well, you know, but he had AIDS or whatever. And then I think my dad chimed in. He goes, well, he didn't have full blown AIDS. He just said HIV or whatever. And, and then he, and then my dad goes, you know, he goes, my best friend died of AIDS. And, and I go, I'm like, thank you. Did you know that? I did know that, but I had forgotten. Yeah. And his friend wasn't gay, but they didn't also didn't know. And I think he, maybe they didn't, um, his friend maybe didn't feel comfortable if it was, I don't know the whole story there, but I remember my dad saying like bits and pieces about it. And um, I just go, yeah, I said, it doesn't, I go, what does AIDS have to do with being gay? Like, I know that it was like kind of this big thing in the seventies and eighties that like it was highlighted on the gay community, but mm -hmm. I go, other people can have AIDS. And I just go, that's what Dallas Buyers Club was about. Like, it was about a straight guy who had AIDS. And then, I, I mean, it was other factors in that movie, but I just tried to like point some things out. And I was just like, I can't believe this. Yeah. And I, then they turned, the person turned to me and said, um, so you support that? And I go, absolutely. And they just go, oh, Sarah. Wow. I don't know what I would have done, but I, I think it's, <sighs> I think it is time to say things when they come up. Yes. I know what you're saying about, I don't know if I'm going to change their mind, but people need to be fucking called out. Yeah. I think it was me of like, more of like, don't get angry right now. That's not going to help you. the situation. So it's like, okay, what do I say right now? And the only thing I could think that was calm was like, I go, a lot of my friends are gay and like, I, I don't agree with you. Yeah. <clears throat> and at least that started something. And at least I got some sort of point of like my dad being like, well, yeah. My friend died of AIDS, <laughs> so yeah. at least I felt like even though I'm sure it's still a foreign idea to my dad, it, he was still like, okay, we need to understand where other people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I truly don't understand though, and that is anyone that liked Bohemian Rhapsody, but <laughs> besides that, that's what I would have He didn't even sing the songs, right? Oh, God, those teeth, I can't get past them. <laughs> I would have gone off on that. Would have not held back. <laughs> but even, oh my God, I could go on about the fucking Catholic Church and go full circle on their their stance on condom use and in Africa, mm -hmm. which is, it, with the AIDS crisis that still happens in Africa and the fact that they will not, and they want to offer aid and they will not offer condoms and they preach against it and they're over there actively preaching against it and stopping them from do that is... Parent, like tantamount to criminal ne negligence in my in my eye it yeah. is unconscionable well there are people who still exist who are just you know are living in the united states and living lives like we do who i feel like still will be like condoms are abortion yeah and i'm like honey no no <laughs> no no you need to protect yourself and your life and like yeah. if you are not properly prepared for this a child coming in then you have to protect yourself and you're not killing anything yeah yeah you're killing a good time yeah that's exactly okay. it. oh man that's the this is a whole <clears throat> it is heavy of worms yeah i know and it truly when you i mean as we're proving like it just starts to seep into so many different aspects of life truly um i do want to go back to something we mentioned early in the conversation about God and you said you don't believe in God anymore. I think I'm I think I I believe in God. I do. But my view of who he is has changed dramatically. And like I believe in angels and all that stuff and I feel like I've shifted yeah. more to a spiritual end. Yes. Um but I also believe in like all these other universal things and entities and stuff. Um so that I feel like religion would be like you're crazy. <laughs> they, I think, I, I would think you probably wouldn't have the right rules for what they would call God. Like, yeah. the God, you're not talking about the God of Abraham when you're yeah. talking about God. I, I think, I, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong on some of this. Like, I was just reading a, um, some of Marianne Williamson recently, um, and she talks about God, but God is more like a force, and it's it's more like the universe is what yeah. she means. For me, I, I, she still uses God too much for me to like really get into. It. Although I know so many spiritual people, and I like so many of her ideas too, um, and know 
people that adhere to what stuff she says would say like we're religious it's very eastern it's it's almost buddhist or and it's more philosophical Mm -hmm. um but i feel like that's more like the kind of god you're talking about yeah it's more of like an energy yeah and i still don't know like how did this world or universe or galaxy or whatever get created for me i'm like i don't know and i'm okay with not knowing but i believe in this like universal energy or this force that is here to aid us and i think there are other beings that are here to aid us and 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 help us yeah yeah yes i i mean i i want to i definitely want to believe in like that power and that there's i don't know what i still don't have a name for it i don't have a good name for it it's not god to me but i think the universe definitely has energy and that we're all like giving into things to it and taking things from it and i i really do believe about things that you put out there energy wise you get back yeah um so i'm i'm in with all that and i've even i've done uh i've done the reiki healings with you before Mm -hmm. where you've talked about like the angels and stuff and for me when i'm hearing that i'm not picturing like like gabriel or one of those kinds of angels Mm -hmm. but i'm like in the moment I kind of like go with it. I tr- I'm like trusting you with it and like just like letting go and and interpreting it in a different way for what it means to me in the moment. Yeah. That's not I'm not articulating that well, but it's like I don't know. I haven't it, it's not religious to me in that sense. Yeah, I know what you mean though. I it's I think we each have to find our own interpretation that works for us. And that's the most important thing. And if some people you know, being in a Baptist church is what works for you and you're still able to be open and understanding and accepting of other types and walks of life, then that's great. But if you like are an atheist and you don't want to believe in anything, but yet you find solace in that and you're still a great person, then wonderful. Right. But don't you think that sometimes those sects like there's going to be rules in the Baptist church, I know, that are going to preclude you from being as open-minded as maybe you or I would want them yeah, to be. But, and is that okay, though? Um, I think maybe, like, I look at my boyfriend, and he still is Catholic, but I don't think he adheres to these, um, all of these rules. I think... Yeah. So I don't know. And maybe you just have to find your own way in it. I don't know. Yeah. The tricky part for me for religious moderatism mm-hmm. that is that it's such a it gives way to the other parts of it for me. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a moderate Catholic, great. Like you're like I support gay marriage and I'm and I actually say it's okay to for like a woman's right to choose and a number of issues. And you're still identifying as a Catholic. All it's doing to me, though, is giving way for other Catholics to still be it and pick and choose what they want from it. Yeah. Um, that that's what's the a problem to me. Like this, I think I might have said before. That's something I believe in about why people feel like when we go back to like how you develop morally. You and I could come up with a great set of rules right now that is like a great way to live your life, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have to be defined by a certain denomination or anything that goes along with some of these ideas from the Bronze Age mm-hmm. that we don't adhere to in any way, any other ideas from that time period, except these re- these truly outdated religious views. Yeah, There's not one other facet of our lives that we do, but we have a weird stigma about offending people for their religious beliefs when I feel like, in, it, with not trying to be deliberately provocative is, time to end in a way um we don't i don't think you have to respect everyone's beliefs because they're not all equal i know it sounds shitty to say but like if i came in and said that i don't think the holocaust happened you would have no reason to be like that's fine you believe what you want to believe no you would call me a lunatic you would say that you would and everyone would understand and no one would give me the fucking time of day which they shouldn't there are things that are similar that we just we give a pass to, I think. Yeah. So that's the my problem with religious moderate moderates. Yeah, I I know we touched on this last time too. It's like a little bit of like occultism that happens. Um, 
in these religions that is overlooked, I think because they are religions, but um, it is, it's like this mindset that they force you to be in yeah. and you have to practice every week and like do all this stuff. And there is this judgment that comes along with the group of people that belong to that religion. And I've certainly felt it every time. Like I go back home and I go to church and people ask me, have you found a church out in Chicago? Have you found a church out in LA? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well you should, you should try this church. And I'm just like, yeah. how do you know what works for me? Like, and then you feel the judgment coming from them of like, well, Sarah's not practicing enough or like she doesn't have a strong enough relationship with God or whatever. And I'm just like, actually I do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's changed. And so, yeah, I think there's that portion of it. It's, I don't know. It's also muddled. Yeah. I want to say it's good for the phrase, like whatever works for you is good. I, I want to believe that. Mm-hmm. I just think there are some elements of that that are dangerous and that they just can't all be equal. Um, like what you're describing, the way it's kind of morphed for you mm-hmm. is good both personally for you. It also is good for the world. It's good for other people. It has no dangerous elements to it. It's morphed in a really lovely way mm-hmm. from where you started and you can kind of put it under the umbrella of a kind of spiritual spiritualism, maybe yeah. not religious, but spiritual, uh, maybe even calling something God in it. But someone else might, the way they might have morphed their religious experience, it could lead to extremism or jihadism or, you know, like things that are truly dangerous, but it works for them. And, or they could say, this is what works for me. And that's where we get muddy. Kim, Kim Davis being like, you know what? I, uh, I've decided, I really thought this through. I really I took a good look at it and I can't marry these gay people. Or I like... And people being like, yep, you know what? She stood, she stuck to her guns and uh, she found a version of hate that worked for her. Yeah, which I think that's the issue that I have with it of not, maybe you found something that works for you and maybe some people find stuff that they think works for them, but they haven't realized like the fear, the shame that's, you know, grouped into that. So, but also like with the Kim Davis thing, it's like, when you start pushing it on other people and making other people be wrong for not believing the same way you do, that's when it's an issue for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And like thinking, you know, with like Hitler, like, oh, all the Jews should die. They're wrong. I don't like them. That's like, obviously that's wrong, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it happens yeah. on all different levels. So have an understanding for like yourself of where you're at. And then it's, a matter of understanding of people and where they're coming from, which I think is such a thing that this world lacks these days, is understanding and trying to understand where people are coming from and just leaving it at that. You don't yeah. have to force things onto people just because you believe this thing and it works for you. Yeah, that's true. Because, and yeah, empathy is the key. Mm-hmm. And we, and what you're talking about is like what demagogues do and it's like you're with me or you're against me yeah uh and because people are way more lost than they want to admit and people are lonely and scared and they want to be part of a group Mm -hmm. and so there's so many of these groups that offer that solace and there's power in the the masses and lord knows we've seen so many like large groups of idiots together they can do a lot of damage yeah um but they're part of a group and you know they feel like they they found their tribe weirdly because they kind of were too afraid to do the work on their own yeah um so we run the risk of that kind of thing it's just like everyone needs to go to therapy but it's going to be hard to get people to go go right. or i think everyone should go to therapy that but, like, everyone just needs to like spend a month by themselves and like journal and whatever you know dig into like these beliefs or or whatever that don't work for you anymore and like un you know untangle stuff for yourself it's it's hard well it's hard it's It's scary so hard well that's why people it's that's why people don't do it it's way too hard Mm -hmm. yeah introspection is terrifying when you look at yourself in a real in a very honest way and be like 
oh boy, actually I drink too much or wow, I um, have been a bad friend yeah. or whatever. I gossip whenever I get into a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just recognizing that stuff about herself and trying to flip it. And I think some people maybe don't even get to the point where they know, recognize that they need to recognize or. Oh yeah. 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 Because you can use crutches for so long that it becomes kind of the norm. Yeah. So you get past the point of uh, willingness to change. For sure. In and I real still way. do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do it in, in a lots of ways we're probably not aware of. Mm-hmm. And we w- no one wants to be told their flaws either because you want to believe that you're trying really hard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, religion is, to bring it back, is like one of those things people can go to that, like it puts a band-aid on things for you. It doesn't often, I mean, I think people would argue with this too who are religious, that they're like, well, it made me a better person or, but it does run your life for you in a lot of ways that is easy, an easy way, I think, for some people to be like, here's a way to fix my unstructured life. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it doesn't give you structure, I'm sure it really does for some people, but there's a structure too of like working on yourself that doesn't involve that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those escape places like, you know, joining the military when you don't know what to do with your life. I mean, again, I'm sure a lot of people join the military for good reasons. Yeah. But I know some people who are like, oh, I'm screwed up. And it's like that thing that like, this will run your life for you. So you don't have to. Yeah. That happened a lot in my hometown where it was like people either would join the army or join the police academy because they're mm. like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think sometimes it all feeds back to, that's a, you know, another thing with like religion of like, it is it allowing you to pursue what you're really passionate about or like find your purpose on this earth? And I remember always wanting to be an actor and, and do writing and stuff like that. And just getting comments from people or like my parents whatever it's like well why don't you do it for the church (laughs) like you could do it that way and i'm like that's not that's not my purpose well those some of those sketches though they do hold up the red face one i gotta bring that back (laughs) yeah the devil's one What, what was the premise of it I honestly don't even remember. It was like a classroom and I was the teacher or something. Maybe I was teaching people how to be a devil or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to see it. No, I want to now too. Is it on tape somewhere? No, I used to still have all of those scripts though in a binder. And I think when I moved to LA, I was just like, what am I saving this for? And I threw them out. Well, yeah, some sort of, I mean, maybe the next SNL writer's packet. Yeah, I just submit that script. Yeah. Change the names to the current cast members. Like, right. I bet Bennett can do this part. Yeah. It had lots of laughs in it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, you're, you try early on to be like, oh. I mean, I know when doing like church orchestra, it was like a way to do my thing that I was getting good at for the church. Um, and that my parents loved that. Yeah. Um, that that was a big deal. And I think was even why like they, that was an, it was an art skill, but it was like easily identifiable to them because I could do it in church. Mm-hmm. And I pursued it for so long because of that, even though I really liked acting and improv and comedy and I was doing some of that, but this thing was like, we know what this is. It's a lot. And then I was like, when I was looking at colleges, like I got a scholarship for that. Oh. And, uh, I was like, yeah, that thing. I just could see the the connection of like the people in church being happy for me to go to music school wouldn't have been as happy if I got an improv scholarship or something. Right. It was like we saw him play in front of the in front of the congregation. He was pretty good, so yeah, we're okay with this. It's like it's I like it when good things happen to Christian people or or whatever. You know what I mean? I know he's gonna go spread the you know the word of God by being playing music and like being a part of a church still like there's that mentality that comes yeah. with it yeah and i'm just like mm, i don't i don't think that's yeah <laughs> what i'm trying to do yeah now what if and i don't know if we can say your boyfriend's name on the air god but your boyfriend what if you two got married 
decide to have kids, would you raise them in a religion? We've talked about that. And mm. I have said, um, please take them to Catholic Church if you want. And I will introduce them what I like. And But I think if we feel pushback from them at all, we need to respect that. And like, granted, a five-year-old will probably give us pushback, but they also maybe may not be able to decide on their own at that time. Right. Um, so I think it's like, cool, let's introduce them to these different things. And then as they grow, they we have to keep a communication about it. And um, they can let us know what they're feeling and what works for them. And we have to kind of be open to that and accepting of it. But he, I think, wants to like be able to take them to church and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, I respect that. And we'll see what happens. Kind of and just, let them choose at a certain point. Yeah. And just let them be aware of you know, we have, or we have to be aware of how they're feeling and what's going on and yeah. not be like forceful, which I feel like, you know, I had that put on me when I was growing up. But yeah. That's, yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I don't know any other way to go about it. And I'm sure we'll run into bumps in the road and may not always do things right. But yeah. Well, they may, you might not be going to church with them, right? Yeah. I I gotta be honest, it probably won't. And then they might be like, why, is it, why doesn't mom go to church with us? Yeah, I'm sure occasionally I might, just because I'm like, this is my family, but you know, I, and, and I will go sometimes with my boyfriend just because I'm like, oh, this means something to him, and it, right. do, it doesn't mean I can't get anything out of it. Sure. I just, you know, kind of pick and choose what speaks to me. Um, like there's a statue of Mary there, and I don't know, I'm just like, okay, it's like the mother, like Mother Earth or whatever. And I'm like, cool, I like sitting by Mary. And like, <laughs> I'll just like quietly pray to her. And like, I, I still believe in prayer and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think I'm it's just... It's meditative. It is. Which is that's something I practice. Yeah. I do transcendental meditation. And that's like a spiritual sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I But I hear amazing things about that. Like Jerry Seinfeld and Howard Stern yeah. rave about it. And Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weirdly, it sounds, I mean, I went to the first, um, like the intro lecture they had on it where you, you go for free with every skepticism raised about it. Like if anything religious or culty about it, it's like, I'm gone. And they hit you right away with like the health and scientific benefits of it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like it really was like just all good for your body. And that was what was really drew me in. Yeah, I think meditation is so good for your body. I like feel like my lately, at least when I do it, I feel my hips release and relax. And I was yeah. like, Jesus, I didn't know I was holding all this stuff there. Yeah. I just used Jesus' name in vain on an organized religion <laughs> podcast. Pardon me. A pro religion <laughs> podcast. Does this have an explicit rating? I've said I've said the F word a few times. Yeah, I have an explicit rating on it. You can bleep me out too, or you can no. bleep me out when I say God too. Absolutely not. I've said the F word on plenty of other episodes, so okay. it's fine. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. I feel like maybe we've kind of covered it. I feel, I feel yeah. like it's naturally wrapped up. Do you? I feel good about it, too. Do you have anything you want to add? or? I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've now said that I wish I hadn't said, and I, I can't think of anything. Me either. But if you think about it afterwards, you can text me, and I'll cut it out. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. <laughs> How? This is one thing I do want to ask for anyone who's listening to this and maybe they're feeling how we feel or did feel and they're trying to figure out like oh i grew up in a christian home or a methodist home or whatever and it didn't work for me what would be your advice to someone who's figuring it out right now you know what i would say is that there there were resources that i went to when i was in that weird middle ground of uh it was right after college for me and feeling like, I don't know if I really buy into all this stuff, but I didn't know, and I wasn't, I just had never heard anyone articulate it really well. And there's a number of great writers out there that I think elucidate these things way better than I could. Mm -hmm. My favorite on all of these is Sam Harris. And if anyone wants to read something about this, I would start with Sam Harris. His easiest one, and it's, it's a thin little book, is called Letter to a Christian Nation. I would start with that. And then, but the best one I think he wrote about all this is called The End of Faith. Um, he's, got, he's written a number of other different books. He recently went back to school to become a neuroscientist. 
which he did. So he can study the brain about why we think the way we do. So this is a guy that like does the work to figure out why we are the way we are. Yeah. Um, so he's got a lot of really good books out there. He also has a podcast now, which is really good. Um, uh, I think he may have changed the name, but it was called the waking up podcast. Um, and I just think he's, I just love listening to him. I love reading him. And then I went down the wormhole and I found all these other great writers like Christopher Hitchens, the, the late Christopher Hitchens, um, Daniel Dennett, um, Richard Dawkins, The God Particle is a really good book huh. about this too. Those are the main four. I think <laughs> they they called themselves the Four Horsemen at one point. Oh, really? Of like, uh, not atheism. I don't know what they would have called it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like really loved all their stuff. Um, so I would... And once I read... Um, end of faith I did have like aha moments in it so I really think that could help people that are in that spot okay cool I might check it out too you should yeah yeah and and I guess the last thing I would say is like I'm I'm not I think I maybe alluded to this earlier but I don't say any of these things to be like deliberately poking at people or be trying to be provocative or be an asshole yeah um I really think because I know a lot of people, if they listen, they're like, you know what? I do things in a religious way for me, and I'm a good person, and I don't appreciate being talked down to in a way, and I don't want anyone to be upset if they feel that, because I don't mean to be um, deliberately prodding at those kinds of people. I just, I, I feel strongly about it in a lot of ways, and I hope that people would see that side of it. It's not meant to offend, I guess, is right. I think, what I'm saying. Yeah, this is also a thing that's meant to help people understand. Yeah. And I agree. It's I'm not trying to judge or anything like that. I'm just speaking on my own experience and how it made me feel. Yeah. And that's all. I, that's the only place I can come from right now. And I also like encourage people that if something doesn't feel right to you, especially in a religious sense, then follow that yeah. and, and seek other, other means. I, I will, I'll end with saying like, I, hope is different than belief to me too. Mm-hmm. Belief, you really gotta show your work. Um, you know, like, and hope, like I hope the world runs a, diff, a certain way too. Um, and I, I rarely use the word belief with stuff that I can't prove. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't just stand on the thing like, and that's just because I believe that. Like, I'll never accept that as a good answer for anything. Like, well, I just believe that that's the way it is, is not a good answer to me. Um, so I, I, I only say these things to be like, you know, I, ho- I hope for things to be great. I'm super, I'm a very, I'm cynical, but I'm optimistic. Yeah, that's the exact word I was thinking. I'm optimistic. Yeah, I'm not pessimistic at all. I just like, I look at things a lot. So it just means I don't take everything at face value. I have to, I'm I'm doubtful and then I'm happy to be, to look at the bright side of things too. For sure. Cool. Well, thank you, John, so much. Thanks, Sarah. Also another great re-recorded conversation. I know. (laughs) I'm going to say it's better than the other one even. I think so too. (laughs) Thank you.